CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Your Money and Your Life. Thanks for hanging out in the podcast with Don and I as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. Good show lined up this week. We're going to continue our conversation that we had about uh, taxes and some of the things that have been happening. We'll dive into all that in just a minute. But first, let's say hey to Don and see what's going on. Don, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Mark. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, March Madness in the Final Four here. We're at the end. Uh, everybody loves that. You, you uh, got any favorites left? You know, I'm not a big basketball guy. I mean, oh, okay. my ma- alma mater, uh, Rutgers, mm-hmm. uh, they were eliminated in round two. So we we're very excited they won the first round. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I figured that they wouldn't go too, too far. So I don't have a, a real, what they call dog in the fight. Yeah. Um, and I don't even, I think it's that, was it down to eight teams as we record here now? Is that what it is? I think, yeah, we're like at, the, uh, at the Elite Eight. Yeah, as we're taping yeah. this. Yeah. I like the name Gonzaga, though. Oh, Gonzaga. that's a great name. Yeah. Very cool name. I, yeah. You know, I read that the school is named. I, I was thinking, where's how does that where's that name come from? Gonzaga. Uh-huh. It's named after a 16th century saint. Oh, right, Fancy. Aloysius Gonzaga. I think say say that three out, times fast, right? Oh, I couldn't. I could barely say it once. <laughs> I think it's out in Washington State. I think, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Um, but another uh, COVID factoid, okay. Mark, affecting college sports. I read an estimated ten billion dollars. Yeah is bet on the March uh, NCAA tournament, and the players are paid exactly zero. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's still going to be a big comp- topic of conversation. It has been for a long time now about how the players don't really get anything. 25 states, I believe, are do legalized uh, online sports betting. Uh, and, yeah, so $10 billion with a B. That's a big number, very big number. It is for sure, but um, I'll tell you, my sport is baseball, and I'm super excited this week. It's uh, opening day week uh, this week. Thursday is opening day mm-hmm. as we tape this. And they're, by the way, they're going to have fans in the seats now, Mark. Not like last year where there's no fans. Like that. Not these sort of silly cardboard cutouts. Like <laughs> real, right. real people, you know, eating food and drinking and buying souvenirs. And I read that in Texas, the Rangers are going to have a full house of 40,000 fans at that game on Thursday. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hopefully we have turned this corner, right? And we are getting back to seeing some of that stuff. But yeah, I thought the funniest thing that I saw was some of that cardboard cutout stuff, Don, was (laughs) uh, when they had security guards at certain NFL games standing on the sections where they had nothing but cardboard cutouts. Real Real security guards, humans, Guarding cardboard cutouts. Like, oh, wow. I just didn't made, see that. Made no sense, right? Just made no sense. Well, anyway, let's jump in and talk about our topic this week. As I mentioned earlier, I want to kick things off. We talked about the stimulus and who gets the check and how much they get, you know, potential effects on deficits and inflation and stock prices and all that good kind of stuff. We talked about that on our last show, Don. Uh, now let's talk about the infrastructure bill and the potential tax increases to pay for that. You know, what do you know about this and what do you want to share with our listeners this week? Yeah, Mark, you know, if you thought the last COVID relief bill was huge at $1.9 trillion, right? right? Uh, the so-called infrastructure bill is slated at something like $3 trillion, and, and some are pushing for, for $4 Yeah, three-plus, yeah. Yeah. On the last show, we mentioned that a trillion dollars in $100 bills right, stacked together would stretch from New Jersey to Chicago. So if we increase that to $3 trillion we would make it from New Jersey to San Francisco with $100 bills stacked together. 
It's amazing. I mean, at least you'll be traveling in class, though, Mark, right? Walking on $100 bills. <laughs> Instead of rose petals, you're walking on $100 yeah. bills. Yeah. Uh, about, a lot more costly as well. Well, I, I think of infrastructure, obviously, you know, roads, bridges, airports, tunnels, uh, railways, you know, things of that nature, right? So that's certainly something to go down any roads, and you can certainly see where we definitely need some things done. But $3 trillion, man, that's just an entirely different level. I feel like, you know, they should be issuing us our flying car that we've been waiting on forever and a day. I mean, I was told back in the 80s when I could drive that I was going to get see flying cars, and I've yet to see them. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it reminds you of the Jetsons TV show, right? These hovercrafts. Right, and, there you uh, go. Exactly. And we'll be flying around in those as part of the infrastructure. But you're right. It, you know, it's more than the typical big ticket items that you mentioned, like roads and bridges, tunnels, railroads, things right. like that. A lot of it's related to um, the climate change agenda and people getting more accustomed to the so-called renewable energy sources, right? Like electric cars with charging stations and, instead of gas stations. Mm -hmm. and, but the question is, are people really going to go for that, right? Is there a demand exactly. for this? So I'll give you a quick story. Last week, I was at my local gas station down the street. Uh, filling up my car and noticed that there was about a dozen of these Tesla supercharger pluggers at the far end of the property. Have you okay. ever seen these? No, I haven't. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. They, gosh, I'm seeing them more and more. But there was one car out of the dozen getting a charge. Okay. So I asked the attendant, how long does it take to charge one of these cars? He said it was about a half an hour. Wow. You'll get, yeah, you'll get about a 300-mile a charge. And but that's about the same as my um, tank of gasoline, right? right? And, and I was in and out of there in five minutes. So. Exactly. So you got to sit there for 30 minutes and charge the car if you're all that's, the way down? Well, the way it works is the longer you wait there, the longer the charge and the longer you can go on the charge. Uh-huh. Right? So the question is, right, how long does it take? Are people really going to be going to a, a filling station and sitting there for a half an yeah. hour. Yeah, I mean that's a whole new business. Instead of you know truck stops, now we've got you know we got electric car stops where you go in and have something to eat and sit for thirty minutes. Maybe I don't know. You know, yeah, a whole new business know, model. Apparently, and and the and the gas uh, station attendant told me the guy is sitting there watching a a movie in his car, <laughs> like, oh, or a TV show, for the half an hour. So uh, I guess there's you know an, an infinite uh, amount of ways you can kill time suppose, nowadays yeah. watching something on TV. Very true. Uh, what are some other points? You know, the other question that's come up recently is, is right, how reliable are these renewable sources of energy like solar and wind? You know, the incident we talked about in Texas last month, the last show, great point, uh, opened up a lot of eyes to both the infrastructure and the sources of energy. So when the sun doesn't shine, or if there's snow on the solar solar panels, mm -hmm. uh, right, or if the wind doesn't blow, <laughs> right. or the turbines are right. frozen, there is no source of energy. So ultimately, the energy needs to be cheap, abundant, and reliable, right? So I I think of of what um, is called these entire house in-home generators. I'm yep. sure you have those in your area, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I just uh, just got a quote on doing an in-home generator. Yep. Becoming more and more popular. Yeah. It's, it's hooked up to the natural gas line that mm -hmm. comes into your home if you have one. Yep. And the electric, if the electric power fails due to a storm, and I'm seeing more and more of this. Um, we just lost power last Friday for like six hours. It's happening oh, more wow. frequently. Oh, yeah. wow. Exactly. That's why we looked at it as well. Right, so if the power fails due to a storm or wind, uh, or whatever the reason, the generator kicks in. Uh, the natural gas is cheap, 
it's abundant and it's reliable as well. So, you know, the other items that they're talking about in this uh, infrastructure bill are broadband access. Uh, I remember I, Hillary was talking about that years ago when she was running as well, trying to get broadband across the whole country. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, this is, has been a persistent issue probably mm-hmm. for, gosh, at least, you know, 10, 15 years at least. Right. right? Broadband all over, especially in the rural areas of America, improving the water systems. That was an issue several years ago in Michigan. Right. Um, a free community college and what? even I think universal pre-K is going to be in this uh, infrastructure bill. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I could buy the broadband across the country because the way the world is and people working from home. Okay. I could buy that. I could buy improving the water systems. Wait, community college and universal pre-K in an infrastructure bill? Look, I, you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> it sounds unrelated, right? It so sounds very unrelated. It, it's like an observation that I, I had. Uh, I heard about this from someone from the FBI about when there's a ransom demand, like in a hostage negotiation. Okay. The the thinking is from the standpoint of someone who's negotiating with the FBI mm-hmm. is always ask for something extreme and unrelated to the crisis. <laughs> okay, fair point. You may end up with something you know you're looking for, and and you let the other stuff go, but you get the stuff that's important to you, hmm. right? And so the the point to all this is you know a lot of these things in, in this bill seem to be very much aspirational. And political in nature, mm-hmm. um, they fundamentally change an existing structure that we've been living with for a long, long time. And there are, is a lot of interest in the status quo on both sides of the uh, political spectrum. And there's a resistance to change. So the other point is uh, almost all of the so-called infrastructure bills uh, in the past that become law. You know, I think of this uh, American Recovery and Reinvestment Bill of 2009. They don't make a substantial impact on the infrastructure. At least they haven't in the past, Mark. Mm-hmm, right. A lot of the money in the past has gone to support state budgets, Medicaid expenditures, which is often the largest item in the budget uh, for states, and pensions, department expansions, and the like. And you know, there's really no easy way to raise enough money to fund three or four trillion dollars. Right. Yeah. And well, there's the one way that we all think of, and that is, you know, taxes. And that's where the tax conversation comes in. And obviously that continues to loom, Don, because people are, you know, thinking, hey, well, all the spending we're doing, who's paying this bill and when is this bill coming due? You know, that's the um sixty-four thousand dollar question, right, Mark? It's like this is such a massive number. I mean, some in Congress I mentioned are we even talking about four trillion. <laughs> right. Maybe it's the thirty trillion dollar question because that's our deficit, right? It could be. I mean, it's you know, it's <laughs> one tenth of thirty trillion, and right. you know, the one point nine. It reminds me like when you're buying something at, at, at a you know a dealership or something. It's you know one point nine 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 nine. It sounds less than two. Right. Maybe they'll finish this at two point nine nine nine, and it won't be three trillion. Very good point. So it'll sound a, a little bit better, but. There's definitely pressure, right, to sure. raise taxes. Yeah. But the question is, how is this going to be potentially affecting uh, you and your family? The last tax increase, and the one I think they'll be proposing uh, now, is that they want to remove the unlimited step-up in basis on inherited assets, Mark. Okay. So the step-up works like this. Let's say your 85-year-old dad right, bought a vacation home at the beach. Okay. Or $50,000 in 1980. This is not uncommon here in New Jersey. And today, that beach house 
is worth a million dollars. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, and and usually these places are not castles; they're, you know, right, they're relatively no, yeah. small homes. But the fifty thousand dollars is what they call the basis, the purchase price on the property. Okay. So if he sold the home today for a million dollars, he would owe taxes on a nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars capital gain, mm. right? The difference between a million dollars and the fifty thousand sure. dollar price, right? And pay capital gains taxes of almost twenty four percent on that money. That's hefty. Or, yeah, about two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Okay. So, but if conversely, if dad didn't sell the property, hanged on to it, hold on to it, mm-hmm. passed away and left the home to you, sold it to you for a million dollars, or you sold it for a million dollars, let's say, right? you would get a step up in basis to $1 million. That would be the value at dad's death. Oh, so the base now would move to the million for you as the inheritee. Correct. Okay. So consequently, you would owe zero Capital ah, gains. Yes, and they want to eliminate that. Right. I, I see. So they're saying, you know, they you should be paying taxes as dad would have been paying taxes, right? So the same concept works for stocks and property and art, baseball cards, really, you know, a lot of these assets that are not IRA, 401k mm-hmm. type assets. Right. I got you. So basically, they're taking away the tax benefit to the family, kind of similar to the rule of the stretch IRA, where you now have to do it at a faster period. They're just they're making it harder, I suppose, for generational wealth. That's what they're trying to do. Is that where I'm going with that? that No doubt about it. Absolutely. And people think of intergenerational wealth like the Rockefellers or right Carnegie or Mm -hmm. uh, Kennedys and super wealthy families, but these are you know working class sure exactly families that have kind of maybe started a business or had a farm or. You know, successful in you know in in whatever career that they. I mean, they to your analogy, into. buying a house in 1980s, not, you know, not like the foresight to be a Rockefeller, right? It's just buying a beach house in 1980. You know, oh, very so. much so. You could have been, you know, a plumber at that time and, and and had some extra money saved and bought that house, and now exactly you have a very valuable property and had no idea that it would turn out this way. Sure. Yeah. But that's the trend with a lot of these law changes, Mark. They affect the kids and the grandkids. Mm-hmm. So they think that. Um, that this change with this step up in basis is going to net the government a couple of hundred billion dollars over 10 years. So let's say if it nets the the government $200 billion over 10 years, that's $20 billion per year. Okay. <laughs> and that sounds fine and wonderful, but that seems an awful long way from $3 trillion. Oh, especially we're talking over you know, 10 years, you're talking about a, you know, a few hundred billion or whatever. Again, it just seems like not that much when you're trying to tag on those three trillion bucks. You know, exactly, Mark. And you know, herein lays the problem. If taxes go up radically, the economy collapses. Right. right? If taxes go up not enough, they don't go up enough, there's no funding <laughs> right. for the infrastructure. Right. Right. Think of it this way thirty billion dollars divided by three trillion dollars is like one divided by a hundred. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you wanted to buy a car for $30,000 and saved $300 toward it. Okay. It doesn't have a very, you know, meaningful impact on that down payment, right? Even if you were paying $300 a year for 10 years, you wouldn't come close to paying for the car. <laughs> That's like what we're talking about saving there yeah. on the stepped up in basis, right? Gotcha. It doesn't really scratch the surface. So what it comes down to now in Washington is it seems like it's basically advancing a philosophical position, Mark, mm-hmm. you know, 
we know that uh, you know, what they're saying to themselves that we know that the changing the step up in basis rule for capital gains doesn't really raise enough money to fund any meaningful bill or program, but we need to stake a position and make it look like we're being fiscally responsible to be able to, you know, get the momentum moving. Right. Well, and it seems like, of course, that's just one avenue too, Don, right? So if if they go after the step up in basis, I mentioned the stretch IRA, there's other places where I suppose they're looking to do tax changes where maybe the idea is it doesn't feel like they're hitting us on all these things, but they're kind of cumulative, they're building up. So any other items on there that we, you know, we can talk about as well? Well, you really hit the nail on the head, Mark, right? In terms of making these changes, they have to balance this issue of not alienating voters. Right. Right. Because we're dealing with a very, very divided Congress and Senate. And country. Okay. Country, contentious yeah. elections, past two election cycles. So, how, you know, they're, they have to figure out how to get this done without alienating a lot of voters. And the other items we're hearing about regarding these tax bills or increasing the corporate tax rate. So people don't really think too hard about that. Right. Uh, you know, by you know raising it back up to 28, 29% from where it is now. Uh, increasing taxes for small businesses through a uh, loss of tax deductions, um, raising the top marginal tax rate from 37% to 39.6%. I don't know why they pick these 0.6. Very numbers. strange numbers, yeah. Yeah. Now make it 40. I guess it gets back to the 1999.99. True, uh, yeah. Well, point. it's not 40, guys, right? It's not 40%. It's 39.6. Yeah. Right. But keep in mind, this only affects people today who with incomes over a half million dollars. Is that as a couple or is that an individual? Uh, individual or couple. It's okay. an individual at 500 and change and a couple at 600 and change. Okay. So the main problem is there's not enough people, Mark, who earn more than five or $600,000 to make a substantial in the, in this budget. Yeah, that makes sense right? as well, yeah. They talk about tax increases on, on millionaires and multimillionaires during the campaign season, but taxes often end up going up on people earning over maybe one hundred fifty or $200,000 a year, like the last tax increase from several years ago. And mm-hmm. if taxes go up too much on high-income earners, Mark, then they stop hiring people. Exactly. And those in the middle and lower income, they suffer more. Well, it seems like a catch-22. It's the same conversation about the corporate tax rate. Yeah, a lot of us don't think about that, but when their taxes are going up higher, they're less likely to expand and grow and hire, you know, hire people. So it's no, absolutely. I mean that, you know, for sure the the target besides the things we just talked about, Mm -hmm. As time goes on, it's going to continue to be in this area of the IRAs and the 401ks that we talk about a lot. Right. That's where we employ our strategies. We talk about taking money out of the IRA uh, at a certain rate, maybe converting it into a Roth IRA or gifting it or you know, a part of the charitable contribution that you can do after age 72. But the, the IRAs and the 401ks, that's where the big money is for most people for the vast number of people in the country, Mark, mm-hmm. um, you know, think of it this way: the total amount of money in retirement plans, like IRAs, four hundred one ks, Keo plans, it's over forty trillion dollars. Wow! And here's the point: that money has never yet been taxed. Uh huh. So think of this as a giant tax time bomb, right? It's a, that's, a, tax, that's a mega bomb. Yeah. It's a tax bubble. Now it's not a time bomb for the government. 
No, no, like, no. They're the beneficiary. Yeah, they're waiting. But, yeah. but for the families, right? So do the math, right? The national debt is close to $30 trillion. So for the first time since 1946, our national debt is equal to our the, the 100% of the gross domestic product, the GDP, they call it. It's just a massive number. Wow. You know, I think of uh, back in the 1800s, they, they asked Jesse James, remember him? He was a famous, oh, yeah. infamous bank robber. Yeah. Why did he hold up banks? Right. He said, that's where the money is. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard to figure out. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a, you know, a sad statement, uh, but that's where the money is. So look at it this way. The IRA is really the target and we need to protect it for you and the family. So we've talked about this in the you know many times as I mentioned before, even pre-COVID. The current tax code, without any changes to what they're talking about, the current tax code expires at the end of 2025 and reverts back to the older tax code with higher tax rates for just about everyone. But the way they're talking, you know, it may even be sooner. Right. But right now, what's holding a lot of this back, Mark, is our major, you know, to any major tax change, is a divided Congress. So when the Senate is a 50-50 and the House of Representatives is something like 51% to 49%, not a lot tends to happen. But for sure, there are pressures out there to raise taxes. Well, you know, Don, that's a great point. And really, you know, one of the reasons we do the podcast is to try to share some information with folks and hopefully uh, enlighten them and have a little fun along the way. But it's really important to think about that because especially to that illustration of that big tax bubble, I mean, that's a, you know, the government's saying, hey, there's a whole lot of money right there we can go get in order to try to fund some things. So having a conversation with an advisor, you know, make sure that you're being as tax efficient as you possibly can with your retirement savings and your uh, legacy planning and so on and so forth is really important. So make sure if you're not working with an advisor, give Don a call, have a conversation, folks. It's easy to do. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast, but you can also just call him at 800-664-1183. Uh, have a conversation, a strategy session, if you will. 800-664-1183 is how you reach out to him. He is a CPA and a CFP. And of course, as I mentioned before, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good kind of stuff. Find all the information at Don Cash Podcast. Dot com. That's doncashpodcast.com and have that, you know, get started with that 15 minute meeting. I mean, 15 minutes is certainly worth it to have a conversation about your uh, retirement legacy and things of that nature. So that's going to do it for the bulk of the show this week. We're going to finish up with a little getting to know you, Don. Uh, we always try to end on something a little light after we've had a conversation about whatever it might be. So I've got a fun question for you this week. What's the luckiest thing that has happened to you recently? Oh, good question. I'm, you know, I'm not a big believer, Mark, in luck. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, I, I tell you what, the first thing that comes to mind uh, over the past year is uh, I'm fortunate to stay healthy. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, that's good luck. Right? Yeah. You know, not to, uh, at least that I know, I don't think I've been, uh, you know, exposed to COVID. I've taken a lot of these tests too. Well, then you're good. Yeah. Years. yeah, just to be sure. Um, the other thing I'll tell you that that was very, if you want to use it, lucky. Uh, not long ago, I was in Florida, okay, and uh, I bought a raffle ticket that was being sold outside of a restaurant, okay, on the street. Right. You know, one of these guys walking around. Normally, I would just kind of ignore that, but they were trying to raise money for some children's hospital or something like that. Oh, okay. So you know, I bought the raffle ticket, and uh, the guy was a very good salesman. So I bought a few, a bunch of raffle tickets. 
and um, they were pulling the winning number later in the day. So I wasn't going to hang around for that. I went home. And, and lo and behold, my son calls me and tells me the next day that we won. <laughs> nice. What'd you win? You're not going to believe this, Mark. Uh, this never happens to okay. me. 1300 bucks. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. It's like you get your own stimulus check. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> then I got, yeah, I got home and I noticed that there was a big scratch on the side of my wife's car. Oh, and I, and fortuitous. Like, no one, and, and no one could figure out how it got there. Took it to the body shop. It's $2,000 worth of damage. Oh, geez. There so you they, go. they go to the winnings. Right out the door. Yeah, not even anything fun, right? You got to fix a scratch on the car. Well, there you go. So I guess the good luck, baby, and bad luck all in the same kind of uh conversation or same kind of day there so well, well you know what they say you know the, the lord giveth the lord taketh. there the you life, go so. exactly right there <laughs> that's a great place to end the podcast this week folks thanks for hanging out with don and i as we talk investing finance retirement again don't forget have a conversation you know especially reach out and, and talk about uh, are you being as tax efficient as possible uh there's a lot going on in that arena so if you need some help give don a jingle at 800-664-1183 800-664-1183 don't forget to check us out and subscribe to the podcast at doncashpodcast.com on apple Google, Spotify, all the different platforms. Don, my friend, I'll see you next time. Have a great week. All right, Mark. Be well. We'll talk to you later here on Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.